Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and today I'm joined by Thomas. What's going on everybody? I'm a little tired. <laughs> Thomas had one of the most epic weekends ever. Let everybody know what you were doing this weekend, man. Yeah, so I got to do San Diego Comic-Con. It's always been a dream of mine. I've always wanted to go. Uh, there was a long time where I was a closeted nerd. <laughs> and I've always been such a, a super nerd at heart. And San Diego Comic-Con was always that event. You know, it's like a nerd Coachella, like you gotta be there. And yeah, I eventually and now have been able to say I've gone to San Diego Comic-Con, which was a big, that was I awesome. like I like the idea of being a closeted nerd because I think that's something that today geeks and nerds don't have to deal with. But when we were kids, yeah, like for me, it's the band room, right? Everybody had the band room that they can go to during lunch that was like, every day we play Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I can't tell you how many panels we're talking about how they were closeted nerds. And then now it's like, this is a place for you to just let it all out. Uh, and some people were definitely letting it all out uh, in not a PG way. So that oh, was God. also, also, I didn't mind that being an adult. <laughs> yeah, extreme cosplay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man, the cosplay was out in full fashion, uh, yeah. no pun intended. Like they, people went so all out and it was awesome. Yeah, but we can get into the weeds of it at all uh, in a little bit. Well, let's start about cosplay actually. I like that I did. Did you see the rhino walking around? I did. How epic Dude, was that? <laughs> incredible. I mean, that was one of the coolest costumes for sure. There's these two transformers that show up mm -hmm. and it's like a eight foot tall, nine foot tall bumblebee uh, uh, what's the Decepticon leader? Megatron. I can't think of his name. Megatron. Yes, thank you, Megatron. Um, that those were incredible. I saw uh, an awesome Lucifer Morning Star from the Sandman. There was an insane Queen Amidala. Shout out to handmade cosplay. Uh, there was some, of course, Power Rangers. So many Spider Verse characters and done incredibly well. I mean, there was a bunch of Miles walking around. There was some Hobies. Uh, that were were sick. Um, the Prowler was there. I'm trying to think Hobie of what looked, else. There was one Hobie that I was like, my God, MCU needs to <laughs> yeah. hire this guy. That is crazy. I, know, I mean, for everything just across the board. Um, one of my buddies, San Diego Thor. I mean, the dude is jacked and he looks like Thor. He had uh, an amazing showing. He was walking around with some of the best Marvel cosplayers. Like they all look like they could be in the MCU or at least stunt people. Like they're solid. So that group was fantastic. Man, yeah, anime was out in full fashion. So many My Hero Academia, so many Demon Slayer characters that looked incredible. Um, man, yeah, I just can't say enough. But the cosplay was, yeah, a standout this year for sure. What I want everybody to do is to head to TikTok right now and look up Cosplay Repair Dad. Did you happen to run, to cos run into Cosplay Repair Dad while you were there? No, I didn't, but I heard about this. Yeah, I heard about so that guy. He's cool. a hero. Yes. Real life hero. Comes with a full toolbox of cosplay repair items. And of course, number one is Gorilla Glue because glue is cosplay gold. And yeah. he would just go around and if anybody had a, a mishap or a malfunction, which happens constantly at conventions for both booths and cosplayers, I can tell you that much as a booth person. Uh, he was there. They were like helping fixing things. And they just did so many TikToks over the weekend of them patching shoes, fixing belts, just random tools and weapons and stuff they were fixing. And it was just like, <laughs> Dude, this guy is a hero to so many cosplayers right now. It's awesome. Yeah, he's yeah, he's amazing. I've seen that. And, and that was crazy because it came up a lot on the panels. I mean, that's the thing with cosplay. You know, it's like we just get to appreciate it. If you're not a cosplayer yourself, you get to look at it and be like, oh, it's amazing. And I kept thinking because it was hot for San Diego. I know if, uh, if you're in Arizona or whatever, you're like, shut the F up. But <laughs> here in San Diego, it was sticky and hot for me. And people were talking about, yeah, this fell off and you need duct tape or a safety pin. And that's a big thing. But yeah, they, they work so hard. And I just appreciate all the effort that people put into their costumes and, and cosplay because it's just it was incredible. They did a yeah. solid, solid job. Outside of cosplay, of course, there's a bunch of displays and stuff like that. You sent so many cool pictures over. You've been posting them over on the Joystick Show feed. So you guys follow Joystick Show everywhere you can. We've been posting some of them on Geek Freaks. Um, I, I particularly really liked all the Star Trek stuff. We had the suits, we had the we had the ship models and everything like that. How did Star Trek do there? 
Oh my, Star Trek had one of the best showings, I think, at San Diego Comic-Con. And as a new fan, thanks to you, that I've gotten into <laughs> Strange New Worlds. And shout out to a new friend, Giraffe, from Strange New Worlds Pod as well. Uh, man, Star Trek brought it this year. There were so many outfits. I don't know what the different colors mean still, like between the blue, yellow, and red. But they were everywhere. It looked incredible. Like Star Trek fans, actually, one of the best panels I went to was the biology and evolution from a real scientific standard. I don't think that was the name of the panel, but it was something <laughs> like that. That's what the panel yeah. was about. And uh, that was one of the coolest panels I went to, which was like the science in Star Trek and whether it's real or not. And they just did such a good job. Again, Lyrical Giraffe on Instagram was, was moderating it. It was so cool. And the fans were so into it. And they were asking such smart questions. I walked away, I'm like, Star Trek fans are just really smart. And this is probably why I was never into it. Because like, I don't think it was smart enough to understand Star Trek back in the day. And now that I've had uh, a little time to sit around, uh, thanks to COVID and read, I think my intelligence is enough to enjoy Strange New Worlds. And man, it was awesome. The, the booth for Strange New Worlds as well was amazing. It was interactive. I didn't wait in the line, but you could wait in this line and then sit in the captain's chair and then take this picture or video. It was cool. And they had all the costumes out there. And one of the Hilton that's right next, I'd see the Hilton or the Marriott that's right next to the convention center, was fully wrapped in all the Star Trek stuff. It was Strange New Worlds, and I i don't want to say Prodigy, but maybe it was Lower Decks or whatever, those Lower characters Decks. around the building. But man, what a time to be a Star Trek fan, man. It was, Star it Trek brought it this year for San Diego yeah. Comic-Con. Can you tell, what was Draft's podcast again when we talk, so everybody can subscribe to it? Yeah, it's called Strange New Pods. If you are enjoying Strange New Worlds and not listening to Strange New Pods, I think it's a giant miss. It's okay. such a great companion podcast to go with the show. Uh, all of the panelists, or I guess co-hosts on that show are well-versed in it. They're super fans, they love it. But then they bring on either scientists or attorneys to talk about the real life law or science in Star Trek, along with being the super fans. Mm -hmm. It's really, really well done. And uh, yeah, I just like, I really appreciate linking up with that group and, and getting uh, even more immersed in the Star Trek universe. That's cool. What a, what a great format for a podcast too. While we're talking about Star Trek, let's go over some of their announcements. Uh, first off, we got a release date for uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. That's coming out September 7th. Uh, have you watched Lower I Decks yet? So I just started the crossover episode that yeah. they're doing with Strange New Worlds. I just started that last night. Didn't finish the episode. So that's the first time ever seeing anything strange. Sorry, Lower Decks. Mm -hmm. And... Man, I, it was already cracking me up in the 15 minutes I watched. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going back and watch this. So I haven't watched the full season yet, but I will. Lower Decks is one of those weird odysseys that's uh, it's kind of Rick and Morty feeling, but it's not as hardcore. And yeah. a lot of it is kind of um, all Easter egg based, but still you could really enjoy it. And you just like all of a sudden you're like, this episode was good enough to win an Emmy. Why is this? was? There's no reason for this episode to be so well done. Kind of a Bob's yeah. Burger thing, right? Where all of a sudden you're like, how do they just make this amazing episode out of nowhere? So please check out Lower Decks if you guys are Star Trek fans at all. Uh, that's a really good one. Yeah. We also learned about Subspace Rhapsody, which is going to be a musical episode of Strange New Worlds, which sounds odd, I'm sure. But Strange New Worlds is going to be doing a, I think, an interesting episode. I'll call it that. Each season, last one, they had one that was all based on a fairy tale. And I think this one's going to be the musical. We'll probably get one of those every season. And... I'm just going to say keep an open mind because I know myself. I'm like, I'm not a big musical fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, I think the fantasy episode was really cool. Like it wasn't my favorite episode, but there was a right. lot in it that was very interesting. And the way they wrapped up the science in the fantasy, I thought that was yeah. so well, so well done. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the uh, the musical every once in a while. There, there was an episode of The Flash that they that was a musical That's as well. Right. And I dug that episode a lot. That was a that crossover was with Supergirl, right? Yes. Yep, exactly. And they all got to sing. It was so impressive, some of the other actors' voices. Yeah. And I was, like, blown away by it. So I'm actually excited to see that in Treasure World. Like, if I get to see Pike belted out and he has an amazing voice, I'm going to be like, Anson Mount can do no wrong. Like, you guys amazing at everything. straight. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then they showed us a little bit of Discovery. They're entering their final season. And they, they showed off some of their um, AR that they're using. And it's they call it AR, but basically it's kind of like stagecraft, kind of like an advanced green screen they use for everything. And we see it in Strange New Worlds. It's how they do the engine room, 
Uh, it's definitely an elevation to how Star Trek does their sets. And looking back at like how Voyager and Next Gen did things, they literally had sets that would like lift up into the, the rafters and move around and then drop down from the rafters. Now it's such a bigger operation than that, which is pretty neat. And uh, I'm just glad to see that that Discovery is getting one last season. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, the engine room, to your point, I was watching the latest episode last night and I was watching it and uh, Uno was in the engine room. I'm like, this looks incredible. Yeah. So I didn't even know that. That's awesome. The other thing over there, we have Walking Dead had a bunch of stuff going on. Are you a Walking Dead fan at all? You know, I watched the whole first season and the more I watched, the more I kind of fell out, especially when they killed uh, what's Stephen Ewan's character. I'm like blanking on it right now. Yeah, when they killed Glenn, I'm like, I'm out. That yeah. was too much for me. Um, that's kind of where I stopped. But uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I think it's, yeah. I read a lot of the comics, so that was really cool to see it come to life. That helps. Well, yeah, I think there's just too much of it is kind of the running theme for Walking Dead. We have <laughs> right. what, so we have all of se- the 11 seasons is the main Walking Dead show. We have maybe seven spinoffs now, which is pretty ridiculous. But they did show some footage from some of the new spinoffs. We have Daryl Dixon. It's going to be focusing on Daryl now in France. And mm. you guys, uh, if you watch the trailer, you'll be right away like, oh, this is the last of us. It's the last of us. He's going to get a kid who he has to like transport across the country and watch over them. You're like, OK, I know exactly what's going to happen with this. Oh We've God. seen it a countless times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's really going to work out well for, for them on that show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we also have Dead City, which actually already started airing. And that's the spinoff that's. Just Negan and Maggie working together in Manhattan. I, the show is trying so hard to make those two work together. I keep going to back to, you killed Glenn. I'm like, there's, there's never a point in time where that's actually going to work. But they keep trying to make it to where these two have to team up. I don't know. It just doesn't feel natural to me. What do you think? Yeah, I didn't watch the show, but I watched the trailer. And the trailer okay. looked pretty good. Like, I was like, wow, actually, I'm interested in that. Um, did I go and watch it? No. But yeah. I, it looked interesting. So, yeah, you know, what's funny. Uh, I didn't see a lot of The Walking Dead there at San Diego Comic-Con. I didn't see many zombies this year. There was a lot of other kind of horror aspects, but that wasn't a big showing. And Hmm. yeah, I'm not sure if they had any presence in the convention themselves. Yeah, they just said the panel, maybe. Uh, Okay, okay. Yeah. Didn't see it. It didn't like make waves in San Diego Comic-Con. That's no offense to it. I might have just not heard it. But uh, yeah, um, I don't know, man. I think I'm done on on The Walking Dead. You know, yeah. uh, no offense to them. Um, if you like it, oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy they continue to make it. But yeah, I think for me, I, I'm I'm I'll stick to The Last of Us. I'll say that I'm finishing <laughs> up the last season of The Main Walking Dead, and I actually feel like it's homework. I feel like at this point, like I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like, oh, hey, this you know the Commonwealth looks good, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm to the point now where I'm like, I would find it so much rewarding just to go read all the comics i'm so i don't know but i'm at the point where it's like am i in the last season let's finish this stuff and then yeah two more spinoffs real quick they showed the, the some footage from the final season of fear of the walking dead that's another show that i dropped off of but the one that might have me i gotta admit is uh the ones who live walking dead the ones who live and that's the michonne and rick series and i think that's going to be their biggest one because of course that's the two biggest names and Rick's been missing for a while. So I think I think that'll do well. But yeah, there were times at San Diego Comic-Con where Walking Dead was the event. And now it's just not there, you know? Yeah, well, I, another... Is it Alan Rickman, I think, is the name of the, the writer who wrote the books? Robert Kirkman. Uh, Kirkman, wow, way off. Yeah, Alan um, Rickman is, <laughs> is Snape from is, Harry Potter. Oh, <laughs> R.I.P., man. I, yeah, I'm always seriously. thinking about Snape. There you go. But uh, Kirkman... Uh, I think the big showing for him this year was Invincible. There was a lot of Invincible presence out there and Invincible was going around. There was a lot of cosplay for that. There was some Adam Eves uh, and that show launched, I think, at the I think the new trailer launched at Comic-Con. Yeah. And uh, man, it was it was awesome. I think that looks incredible. I was such a fan of season one and season two looks like it's going to deliver. I think there's also like a spinoff with an Adam Eve origin, which looks badass as well. You should watch it. Uh, It's out now. I watched it last night. Really? Yeah. Is it? So how is it broken down? I haven't had time to look into it. It's basically a movie. It's basically a movie just about Adam Eve and her origin. And then um, at the very end, they do like, meanwhile, what (laughs) Mark's been doing. And it's just like him and duct tape 
pretend suits. Uh, it's very, <laughs> very good though. And it, it got me excited to, I have to rewatch season one again, really. And one of these days I got to dig into those books, but man, they're, they're thick and heavy. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was actually next on the docket. Uh, season two is going to be coming out November 3rd. We're going to definitely be talking about that. I think we might need to do it on challenge accepted as well, just because this story is so incredible and I can't wait to see how Mark does without his dad. Spoiler alert for season one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oops. Uh, no, totally. I, I think, yeah, we probably need to review it. Um, one of the craziest shows, not even just for adult animation, but just shows yeah. that I've seen in a while. Like it has that boys factor and it is very fitting. Um, not trying to promote it. A WGA strong, SAG after strong. But um, it is one of the craziest shows I've seen on Amazon Prime. And it has that shock and awe yeah. like the boys. It, man it got me it, it shocked me it, it it surprised me the characters are sweet but also it gets so gory at times it does and uh man it's a heavy show so definitely not for kids but man i loved it i cannot wait for season two uh again steven ewan again is the main guy he's invincible yeah. a guy can again another <laughs> person who could do no wrong between beef and invincible and the walking dead i mean he, the guy's amazing and now some marvel movie that he's going to be doing but uh, yeah, Invincible had a hell of a showing at San Diego Comic-Con. J.K. Simmons is confirmed to be returning as Omni-Man too. They made sure to make a real big deal out of that because like he has Omni-Man. The dialogue between him and Mark in that show, it's just like so good. And when you have uh, these two amazing voice actors going at it too, it's just like it's so well done. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. They also confirmed that he's going to be voicing his character in Mortal Kombat. So that's also just like, yes, <laughs> Omni-Man and Mortal exactly. Kombat. Who, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Homelander versus Omni Man. I just, I mean, can we get that? So I'm so happy to finally do that. I might buy the game just to put those two against each other. You know, totally. There was some post out there that was like, "Can you imagine the dialogue between these two characters in Mortal Kombat? It's gonna yeah. be insane." And I was like, "A hundred percent. I might have to get Mortal Kombat just to see that." I mean, <laughs> and then throwing Peacemaker on top. I know, of it. right? <laughs> oh, so sick. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Um, what a hell of a year for uh, fighting games. Between yes. Tekken, the new Street Fighter looks incredible. And then and then you throw on this Mortal Kombat with these insane characters from these shows. Man, it's a it's a time to be a fighting fan, fighting game fan. Yeah. And then with Mortal Kombat, like any other year, if you said like, oh, we have Peacemaker and it's going to look like John Cena and everything like that, you're like, oh, cool. But he's being so overshadowed by the fact that it's three of them and it's so freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I know for sure Squeaks <laughs> yeah. will get that. I know he's going to do the review for us. Thank you, Squeaks. We appreciate it. Uh, but that's just cannot wait. That's going to be a monster game. That's going to be really good. Yep. Stay tuned on pushing buttons. There we go. Or level up. Level up. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> it moved yeah over. There you I go. forget there you to. Go. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to some more superheroes. We got the Marvel's trailer. By the way, guys, we're going to talk about SAG after at the very end of this. So I know you might have questions going on right now. I'll talk about that at the very end. Okay. So the Marvel's released this trailer. And I got to say, this is the first trailer I was like, I think I'm into this now. Because I think they're finally creating a cohesive team that makes sense. Before, I was just like, uh, their, their names are Marvel. I get it. You're going to force Monica Rambeau to stick with the Marvel's name just so that Captain Marvel so you could use this. But, but now I'm like, okay, I can actually see how their strengths are going to work together. What did you think about this new trailer? Well, first off, I'll say that I think it dropped on Saturday. You know, and I was mm-hmm. running around on the floor and going to different pounds and whatnot. But uh, I got to see the costumes from it. The costumes look amazing. Um, yeah, we'll definitely, I assume, post it on Geek Freaks. It's on Joystick yeah. Show right now. But uh, it felt like that trailer would have been released at San Diego Comic-Con, probably in a Hall H panel. And that right. would have been really, really cool. So that's immediately where my mind went when I saw that it came out. Um, but the, yeah, it looks great. I was already on board. I love Iman Vellani as Miss Marvel. I love Tanoa Paris as Spectrum. Like both of them are so sick. Um, we've already reviewed Captain Marvel on Challenge Accepted. So you can hear what I think about Brie Larson and everything on that channel. But um, it looks great, man. I've, I've already been on board, especially because I've been digging Secret Invasion. You know, mm-hmm. we've been talking about it week to week. And and the scrolls of it all has been really interesting. I've really liked Ben Adir, uh, who's, you know, played Gravik. All of this stuff feels like it's culminating in the Marvels, and I really want to see where that ends. And from the first trailer where you get that Beastie Boys track and, you know, you see Iman interacting with the two other characters, it just felt so fun and so complete. And I think this is 
kind of the character that Captain Marvel needed to kind of soften things maybe a little bit because she's a tough, hardcore character in some ways. And Miss Marvel, as we know, is just joyous, a kid, a super right. fan. This is just great. It looks so much fun, man. I, I, yeah, I think this new trailer is fantastic, but they had me sold on the first one. Well, I think with this one, I think you're right. Right there we have it where we're going to have Captain Marvel kind of this hardcore older sister vibe. We're going to have Miss Marvel just goofing off. And, and I think that's going to be, but also the heart of the situation too. Like goofing off comes with something too. It's the heart. Just like Mikey with TMNT. A lot of times you felt the emotion through Mikey. And then I think just from the trailer and just kind of what I'm getting from the promotional art, I have a feeling that Monica is going to, is going to rise up as a leader in this. And I really am looking forward to seeing Spectrum become maybe a shield level leader or something like that, that, that could really elevate her beyond just the Marvels and not just live in the shadow of Captain Marvel, which I think, unfortunately, I mean, the comic books, it's not so much this, but in the, in the MCU, I feel like she lives in that shadow too much right now. And I think that's going to be changing. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's ebbed and flowed in popularity between the Spectrum character and the Captain Marvel at all. And yeah, it's been ebbing and flowing. Um, I am excited just to see them all interact. And I do believe that Spectrum will take over eventually. Mm -hmm. Because in the real life situation, we know that Brie Larson has not always had the easiest time playing the Captain Marvel role. Uh, just from outside forces, you know, I feel like maybe she hasn't always handled the media so well, in my opinion, but I also feel like they've been unfairly targeting her with unfair questions, too. I mean, True. just really questions that, you know, probably nobody should be asked. It just seems weird that you put a mic in front of someone's face and then I'm asking them those questions. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I can't say anything bad about her. I'm so excited about this movie. Again, look at the costumes. We posted them online. They look so dope. And yeah. I, it's weird. They're so unique in each aspect, but still feels like the MCU and still feels like it connects. It really is awesome. It's like the, when you first saw the Avengers, like all their costumes yes. are different. We're talking all different colors, all different shapes, all different spectrums of shiny and dull and blah, blah, blah. But it all works together. And I think their costumes all work together, too. And oh, Dude, I oh man, can't wait for this movie. Check those out. Uh, yeah, they definitely reflect the personality of the character too, which we can go in on that uh, more. But realistically, like, just go look at the pictures and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. So uh, I'll make sure to post them on our thing, but but also Joystick Show has them over there. So check it out over on Joystick Show. Uh, I'll put links in the description for Joystick Show if for some reason you guys aren't subscribed yet. Uh, all right. Uh, now with Marvel not there and DC not there, overall, how did you think San Diego Comic Con felt? Because I think in past past years. Marvel and to a degree DC have been like this anchor, like, you know, that that's been holding it all together. Do you think the show suffered from it? Yeah. So first off, I'm going to say it was, you know, with all, everything that's going in Hollywood and all the moving and shuffling and last minute cancellations, I think they did an incredible job of adapting and, and really trying to make it feel full with entertaining panels and the ex ex exhibition floor, I don't feel like got hit too much at all. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, it for me definitely felt like there was a little bit of a gap. And that would have been filled up with amazing actors and amazing writers and people attached to these upcoming projects. You know, I would have loved to see the cast of Blue Beetle. I would have loved to see yeah. the cast of the Marvels. Uh, I would have loved to see, you know, if Aquaman was coming out. I'm trying to think of what other kind of geeky movies are coming but man that you know it, it would have been incredible and i think they would have been there had they not had this strike happen so yeah to me um again an amazing job all around but I, it did feel like there was a little bit of a gap with these projects not being there a little lighter so, yeah like i know you were saying sunday seemed pretty bare in comparison to what you would assume it would be um i i will say though on the other side of it i did feel like the comic books got a bigger portion of the pie attention wise which felt really good to me i was like oh this is going on my i mean andy sandberg's coming out with a really good comeback we'll talk about that in a second but um, yeah there are definitely things that i know would have been overshadowed by because if you think about the superman announcements we have we've had in the last two weeks of casting stuff that would have been done today that would have been done this weekend there's no doubt that that would have overshadowed these comic books that got announced you know you're, you're so right um uh, i said this to somebody sometime at Comic-Con, I'm like, this is what Comic-Con probably felt like 20 years ago sure. before all the big movie studios were just, you know, pouring a ton of money, having these massive activations, making a big deal of all the actors coming out. 
So you're right. Like it was a, an awesome year for comics to shine and video games and mm-hmm. anime. I think all of those things were really well done. Uh, man, there's so many comic books coming out that I should have like, I need to pull money out of retirement to buy these <laughs> comics. There's so many damn yeah. amazing comics coming out, right? We got gods. We've gotten the Annie Samberg book uh, you're talking about. There's a, our gargoyles run. Tom Taylor did an amazing panel with Jim Lee and Jim Lee just was That's kind of ten. talking about the future of Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a, a, I don't think this is a spoiler. I think this is announced. Okay to say because it was announced at Comic-Con, but they are doing a Godzilla versus Kong versus Justice League run that I already want in my hands and like my eyeballs looking at because it looks insane. It looks dope, man. Um, So sick. So yes, DC brought it. I thought DC's panel was so good. Jim Lee, again, was there in the flesh and just kind of talking about everything. And yeah, what Tom Taylor is going to do with the Titans, who, if you're not fully caught up on the DC universe, they're like the new Justice League. Like the Justice League has gone off and done their own things. They've kind of disbanded a little bit. And the Titans have stepped up and have been DC's main superhero team right now. And the direction he's going with it is so sick. And I and I will I'll leave it with this. He called it Garo. Okay, there we go. I I actually had somebody on headlines ask me like, where should I start with comic books if I'm new to it? And I said, go get Teen Titans. Teen Titans is where you start right now because yeah. it's, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. By the way, everything we're yeah, talking I, about, I, there's I, an article on gfpods.com or geekfreakspodcast.com. And there's one just for the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. And there I actually have panels from the comic book. So you can see how Godzilla is going to emerge from the water and Clark Kent's there to see him. And it's like, yes. <laughs> yes. Dude, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's legendary film or whatever, but they're the one that do, does Godzilla and Kong. And this mm-hmm. is their like comic book uh, portion of the, the studio, which is really cool. Um, shoot, what was I going to say about that? Ah, I forgot. I lost it. My bad. We'll <laughs> <laughs> move on. I'm sorry. That's okay. there, but uh, man, great time for comics. Great time. Other comic books we want to talk about? New Punisher's coming. I did not know Frank Castle stepped back. So this was news to me because I didn't keep up on the Punisher runs, but Frank Castle stepping back and we have Joe Garrison, who's a former shield black ops member. uh, That's going to be taking over the the position. And it looks like his suits a little bit more, I would say modern tactical than it is like the Punisher suit. Punisher's just like, I look at me with my cool skull on my shirt. This one feels like a little bit more like black widowy. So I'm wondering how that'll affect his run, but they did say it'll stay gritty. It'll stay adventurous. And they want to make sure that old fans can enjoy this and new fans can jump in. Did you get a chance to check out our new Punisher? Yes. So I'm not really familiar with that character, but I think it's interesting to swap it up. I mean, all these other characters, you're talking Captain America, Spider-Man, have different versions of their character. And this one, Joe Garrison, is like an interesting new imagining of it. Uh, Man, I also talk about new imagining. The skull on the chest where the clips, the different pack... Uh, whatever you call them, like different clips are, are the the teeth or mm-hmm. formulate the face. So sick. Yeah, so it's, sick. He looks it, awesome, like it man. makes it. So you have like these like light up almost look like like vents or something like that. But that's the eyes of the skull. Like it all makes sense. It's just like, oh, it's still familiar, though. Mm-hmm. It's a dope look. And it, it very much like his yeah. two guns almost look futuristic in a way. And it's just super badass. He is. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on that book, too. And then X-Men really lit it up, too. They had, they had their home panel. Uh, we're going to have the new X-Men showing up with Krakoa. is going to be collapsing probably pretty soon um, with the fall of X-Event that's going on right now. And then we're going to have a new X-Men team show up. And so everybody's trying to figure out, like, what's this new X-Men going to look like? Uh, we learned that Dr. Doom's getting his own X-Men team because, of course, he is. And anytime you can tangle up X-Men and Dr. Doom together, I'm on board with. And lastly, we're going to get the true origin of Nightcrawler and Mystique. They really advertise the Nightcrawler of it, but Mystique as well. And uh, I'm glad to see that because I think it might reset Nightcrawler a little bit. I know he's been kind of going a little extreme with his adventure. So it'll be nice to kind of bring him back to what his character actually is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It almost about- looked like he was in a symbiote suit as well, which I was like, okay, how does that yes. explain the origin stuff? So that, that does look really interesting. As far as the con goes, though, they. From what I saw, 
big push for X-Men the anime series. It looks incredible. Yeah. They're updating the animation. They're bringing back all uh, as many of the original voice actors as they can. Um, it looks so damn good. And uh, there's so much push around it also from like a comic book level, from a toy level. It's really cool how the rest of Marvel from the different aspects are supporting it. And man, that paddle was around the building. It was impossible. I, I, I waited in it, couldn't get into it and ended up talking to another awesome content creator, uh, Brandon Davis from phase zero and comicbook.com. Which, if you're not following Brandon Davis BD, like you're missing out on some of the coolest red carpet interviews and just like raw stuff, um, immediate reactions to things that you can get. He's so good at it and it was amazing and just awesome. Got to just sit down, talk to him for an hour, but really incredible dude. And uh, yeah, kind of just the X Men, the animated series. That's what got me into comics. Yeah. Um, I put out a video talking about the Deadpool and Wolverine uh, costumes from that new movie. And yeah, an X-Men in the 90s, those comics, and then watching the animated series is the reason I like Marvel. That's the reason I'm a massive X-Men fan. And on top of it, I was super lucky this year too. We got to go to an X-Men party, which if you know and you've been following any of the latest runs, is called the Hellfire Gala. Mm -hmm. So once a year, it's like the Met Gala, but for X-Men. And they actually did a real life party here in San Diego. And me and my wife got to go. And it was so fun, man. Like people were dressed up in every type of costume you can think of. There was uh, Captain Marvel and Mystique's galore and tons of Cyclops and like every variant of Wolverine you could think of. People were going all out. It was a blast. They had a Magna Margarita, whatever, from Krakoa. They made it like a jungle vibe. So it felt like you were there. Um, Then there was like, oh yeah, there was like a, a classic 90s animated room where I had all the characters cut out. I took a bunch of like stupid pictures in front of it. Um, man, there was an insane Kingpin there who doesn't really fit with the X-Men of it all, but he was from the Hawkeye series. Yeah. He was cosplaying and the dude was spot on. That's cool. There was a storm that was spot on. I mean, an archangel. I mean, dude, it was, it was a time. It was a fantastic. Thank you to D23 and Marvel for putting that on. I, I gotta say, I'm kind of getting this like, building hype building excitement that x-men's back at, at the top again like like it just feels good to be talking x-men and spider-man like the big dogs again in marvel you know oh yeah i mean even like even to your point on the punisher that was mm-hmm. big like yes these characters that we love um are getting revamped i think they're getting modernized for yeah. now and they're adapting with what it means to be that character that hero mm-hmm. in modern times and i i love it and but also it's incredible how the X-Men, even though we're talking specifically the 90s one, is still relatable to today. I think the nostalgia yeah. of all is coming back. But there's this time of like, that's the characters that got a lot of people into comics. And yes, highlight the X-Men, the animated series. Yes, highlight Harry, Larry Houston's uh, X-Men. And also, I got to, uh, stop me if I'm rambling, but oh, yeah. I went to an X-Men fan panel mm-hmm. and they had cosplayers, they had podcasters, they had toy aficionados. Like, dude, it was really inc- incredible. Um, I'm forgetting the guy's name, but we'll have to link to it. There's this event coming up. I think it's in September called the Uncanny Experience. And what it is, is a full interactive experience slash con where you go to your own real world uh, Xavier house for mutants. You get almost like a Harry Potter like outfit you have a curriculum and it's wow. like, I don't know what it is, three to seven days. I, again, I don't know all the details where you get to immerse yourself in being a mutant at the Xavier Institute. That's so cool. And they, sh- oh, dude, it was awesome. It like full, they had a full trailer for it. I was like, uh, where is it? Can I go? And he's like, it's in Minneapolis. I'm like, probably not going to make that. Yeah. But if you are there, go check it out, man. It's again, the Um, I'm sure we can put it in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks dope. It looks really, really dope, man. I, I'm just I'm just so happy with I, I when you're talking about that, it kind of got me thinking, you know, this is the time to get that next generation to feel like Harry Potter, but with X-Men, whereas like, what if it was like if you joined, you know, Professor X's studio, you know, we don't I'm trying to think of a time when we've had that angle or perspective. I think mostly with like in the movies was Rogue's perspective of being a new student. But I think that would be a really good idea is kind of lean in what that's like to be a new student at this at school. 
Yeah, absolutely. I hope they update that and kind of make that work. I don't know if it's going to happen in Deadpool. I have a theory that maybe this is going to set up at least a new Wolverine for us to yeah. go forward. But uh, yes, bring it back to the school. Bring it back to how hard it is to have a double life of I'm a mutant here, but in the real world, like people hate me just because of what I am. And again, uh, shoot, we got to shout out a bunch of uh, content creators and stuff in, yeah. again, and maybe in the show notes or yeah. online or something like that. But a lot of them were talking about how they felt accepted through the X-Men, mm-hmm. whether you're gay or trans or a POC person or somebody with a disability. Uh, X-Men was always that that franchise that made you feel welcomed. Right. And I I love that aspect of it. Um, it, weirdly enough, I mean, you know, before an accident, before I became part of the, the disability community, man, it was, I just always felt drawn to it. I always dug it and I always thought, man, you know, no matter what you look like or who you are, if you are a part of this community, you're welcomed. And we're only trying to make the world better. And we're trying to give you like a safe place for you to be you. And I, I freaking dug that always. Yeah. And the animated series got me into it. But hearing the panelists and these people speak about it so amazingly and how it's influenced their life, it just like gives me like pride in being an X-Men fan. It's crazy. It's almost like a sports team. You know, it's like I'm a big Seahawks fan. One one day uh, Frank's going to wear a hat. Seahawks. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the latest numbers on that. I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it gives me that sense of pride being in that panel and seeing how much people love it and are tied to it. So, yeah, man, um, what a time to be an X-Men fan specifically. It's just, yeah, made me so, well made me so happy. Yeah, so well said. And, and, and all the perceived weaknesses are strengths in X-Men. I always love that, too. Where, like, um, yeah. for me, it's always been, like, the blob. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, the blob, by any other standard, would be, you know, this character you would look down on. And, sure, a villain. But also, that's his strength. And it's just, like, Wolverine has a hard time with the blob. Like, it's just super cool. So, that's, you know, yeah. X-Men's always cool. Dude. Speaking about the blob, X-Men Legends. So from Hasbro, I want to say they mm-hmm. did a panel. I went to that one. The toys that are coming out, specifically one of them, the blob looks dope. Yeah. Like so sick. It's a little, you know, it fits within that six inch figure realm, but it's a little bit bigger. Obviously the blob are talking taller and, and wider when all that stuff, but he's so sick. It mm-hmm. looks so good. And they made sure to highlight that action figure. Bro, I want it. All the toys coming out. They're, they're doing a Tommy 90s Barlin. run. Like, Tommy Farland is sharing shit too, dude. It's like killing me. I'm going to be so broke. Yeah, but totally. You know the Vince McMahon meme, though, of him like escalating and going like, oh, and he's like yeah. lightning shooting out, <laughs> fire shooting out of his eyes. Like that was me. I was like, oh, dude, I want all that. That's so sick. That's why you're exhausted got, today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, dude, I'm running on fumes, as you know. But uh, yeah, actually... And it, it was actually my birth, birthday yesterday, yeah. last day of Comic-Con. And uh, for my birthday, my wife, my wife, I said like Borat, <laughs> um, <laughs> the helmet, uh, there's a Magneto helmet mm-hmm. that's an oh. X-Men Legends like exclusive. Yes. And the whole weekend, I was like, don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't put it. I, I put it on my wish list. Like I put, you know, I, I don't really care about gifts or anything like that, but I put it on my wish list because my family was asking. And yeah, my opened my birthday card for my wife, and that helmet was like coming soon. I was like, "Oh, sweet!" Dude. I'm oh, so man. stoked about it. I saw people walking around the comic. They go check out the Hasbro X Men Legends line of toys. It is insane. That it is, is uh, uncanny and amazing. Go you, check it out. You've mentioned uh, other content creators, and I think you know this might not be as important for people listening, but for you and I, that's something that we definitely are always talking about: is content creation and stuff like that. What was it like meeting other content creators there? And how did, how did you interact with them? Yeah, so one of my favorite things about San Diego Comic-Con, there was a lot of content creators that we see all the time and they have pretty decent followings. And I've been lucky enough to meet Juju, Straw, Goofy a handful of times and, and get to rap out with him. And another content creator who I've been following since the early days of the pandemic you know, he had 10,000 followers. I think he has like 110,000 now on Instagram. But all of these creators that I got to meet this weekend, all of them were super incredible and super down to earth and are just like us. Man, I was so blown away. You know, Brandon Davis is interviewing Tom Cruise and The Rock and Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio and all these people, you know, and because of not getting into the X-Men panel, 
I got to just sit down and chat with him for, you know, half an hour to an hour and just go through what is a day in the life of somebody who is a content creator or a journalist for, you know, these type of movies and shows. And what is life like? What does it look like? Yeah. And uh, man, it is, you know, it's awesome. These guys are, are awesome. What what you see on social media is what you get. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say one bad thing about Shy Goofy. I can't say one bad thing about uh, Brandon Davis. There's another guy out there, JPG, incredible as well. And um, man, that was honestly one of my highlights. Yeah. Really getting to talk to them about what is a day in the life like? What are you doing, uh, you know, week in and week out, uh, you know, and just really have an honest conversation with them. And I could say what you see on screen is what you get in real life. So 100% highlight of uh, the weekend for me. I think that would have been my favorite part too, because with content creation, whether it be, you know, podcasting, YouTube videos, anything like that, there's first off for the, for the outside observer, there's so much more work in it than you understand. But there's also this passion that just like, I don't want to stop because it's just, I have so much passion in sharing all this cool stuff. And so these people who have bigger followings, whether that's, you know, even without the bigger followings, like just when you see Straw Hat Goofy reacting to One Piece news, it's just like, man, I, that's the kind of guy at work you want to talk to or your friend that you're just shooting text to real fast. And it's cool yeah. that they, they are those people in real life, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Brandon, he hosts this uh, podcast called Phase Zero, which is a Marvel focused right. podcast. We're dropping a lot of podcast names That's in, this, fine. Yeah. in this episode of a podcast, yeah. but it's a really great MCU focused Marvel. I would say Marvel media focused show. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job. A hundred percent. Yeah. I just shot him a message this morning that was like, dude, you are a hundred percent that guy in real life. Like what you see on screen is who you get in real life. You know, I got a few behind the scenes too. Um, he got to meet The Rock and he's like, The Rock is incredible in person. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's a super fan just like us. You know, he, I think the hard part sometimes of what people don't realize is like the travel of it all can really, yeah. um, it, it, it takes a lot of energy, right? And I walked to him and I was like, dude, I, I'm a really big fan of your work. And yeah, you've been working so hard traveling around and he's so humble Brandon. And, and he was like, no, no, it's not hard work. I was like, dude, I had a travel job, you know, where I would work, travel around to different places around the country and work. And it gets exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know, and I see you do it going to Rome or London or wherever around the world to go do these interviews and you keep up your energy and you keep up your attitude. I'm like, that's a lot of work. He goes, okay. Yeah. Thanks. I'll bet it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of work. You know, oh, so like sure. getting to have those honest conversations yeah. is, is, yeah, it was amazing. You know, I, it gives, a lot of maybe pride and it makes, it gave me a lot of like reassurance, I guess is what I'm trying to say in what we do. Yeah. You know, as we, we put time and effort into trying to make sure everybody gets the latest news and how we feel about it and react to it and tidbits and Easter eggs and comic book uh, tie-ins, but they're doing the same thing. And uh, yeah, just hopefully one day we get to that level. Absolutely. Even if we don't, but I I just, you know, I, I just love doing it so much that it's, I actually ran into, this weekend, uh, one of the things that I think is hard about, about being a content creator or a podcaster in just general is you kind of have to always be on as well. Like, like in the fact that like this weekend, holy cow, dude, how many times did I have to stop what I was doing because they just announced last Ronin two. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, these guys of course have to do that. They have a little more help than you and I do, but nevertheless, you and I have each other and we have each of our own podcast groups too. Uh, that helps a lot, but it was so funny that I ran into a friend of mine who he had a podcast back in the day. He now guest stars on a lot of podcasts and he'll be on geek freaks here pretty soon. But just talking to him about like, God damn dude, I love podcasting and I'm never going to stop doing it. And, it. and he was like, I know man, it's once you start doing it, you're just hooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. Like when we were Brandon, we we're talking, he said a few things. I was like, damn it, bro. I feel like we should be recording this. Yeah. And he just started laughing. He's like, yes, we should have. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't, you can't help but think in that way. Yeah. And it's just so funny, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's truly been a lifesaver for me and it's just something I enjoy and getting one of the things I realized from this weekend is I want to be around people who love the same things that I love. I want to be able to speak to people who are creating the things I love. And yeah. those those things are what happen at San Diego Comic-Con. And it just reassures me even more that, yeah, I got to keep doing this and, it, and I love it. And 
yeah, we want you guys, whoever's listening, like come be a part of the community. Tell us what you think about the things you love. Yeah. Like we don't do this to sit in a bubble and chat with each other. Although we like that, man, getting to go to different panels and hear other people's love for Marvel, for DC, for Image, for indie comics, for cosplay, dude, it is that energy is something you have to experience. And yes. this is the reason you go to cons. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's so well put. Uh, let's go over a couple more things that just some fast ones that got announced. Uh, again, last Ronin two, if you're a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, make sure you read number one right now. Last Ronin two is coming up soon. And they showed that this going to be basically a new TMNT team that was, um, revealed at the end of last Ronin one. But this, this team, I mean, IDW already kind of was like liking a tweet of mine. So I'm like, oh my God, please give me a review copy. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't spoil it for me though. I don't, I don't want any spoilers. Oh my God. I'm so afraid. Oh, okay. I won't spoil anything, but you got to get in on yes. that. <laughs> Go check it out, everybody. Yeah. Go to your comic book uh, shop. Pick it up. Marvel put a lot of time behind uh, their Spider-Man 2 panel. This was kind of the Hall H replacement. And we got to see a lot more things. And this one, while previous to this was a lot of Craven the Hunter, this one was definitely Venom. And they showed off a lot of the Venom stuff and kind of teased at who Venom might be. I think it's probably just going to be Craven. I think that's the easy one. But we also have one of the Osborns back. So could be that. Uh, yeah. What did you we think finally of, get to see Harry. What's that? Right. Because I think we finally get to see we Harry. We finally get to I see Harry. Think so I think it might be Harry. Just I don't know. That, he looks like he might be Craven, but Harry is probably a good choice, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's I saw a picture of him. Spoiler for End of Spider-Man 1. And I think he was there uh next to the symbiote or something mm -hmm. and then we now see him and then he's also standing in front of it in front of with his dad with norman so like yeah it could be harry or craven i kind of want them to go the craven route though just for the size aspect but i don't know yeah i want I, to think? me the size things are what makes sense it's like i could see them just going with that and craven as venom would be a very interesting idea like he would still want to hunt uh yeah i, I think right. it kind of just makes sense you know yeah, I think it's done one time before in the comics. So there is, is okay. there is comic basis for us. Yeah, so that would be sick. That's kind of who I hope it, it goes to. Like, you know, Spider-Man and Miles take down Kraven. He gets angry. The symbiote's out. Then he takes the symbiote. Ultimate boss fight at the end. Yeah. And then, oh, you know, then the symbiote leaves, go, gets to Eddie Brock. Boom, you got Spider-Man 3. That would be perfect. Oh, that would be so. I just The Spider-Man game is my most anticipated game of the year. Uh, 100%. Some of the details we got from the game. Miles Morales is going to be facing off with Mr. Negative, who's from the first game. I did not know Mr. Negative from the comic books, but I really liked the character in game. Are you familiar with him in comic? No, I, yeah, I didn't, didn't know him from the comics. Uh, the, yeah, the video game character was sick. You know, it's like, that's the thing with Spider-Man, right? I mean, it's similar to Batman. The rogues gallery is incredible. Yeah. Right. All the villains are so good. And Mr. Negative was just another addition to an amazing lineup of Spider-Man villains. Just right. I mean, yeah. the look of yeah. him and everything. I'm trying to think of like, Batman villains, it happens too, where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I forgot about that guy. That's right. He's a Batman villain too. Yeah. And is also dope. And in any other situation, if he was a Flash villain or whatever, like that would have been a bigger deal. But because there's Joker or Green uh, Green Goblin, you forget about everybody else, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, going to exactly. be taking Speaking place. of video games. Yes. What? Yeah. Dude, video games were massive this year yeah. as well. Um, Diablo was there, which was really sick. They had an activation. That was experiential. Like you go into this room, it kind of shows the intro of the game. And then from that room, they funnel everybody into uh, like a church with these pews. And then there was this full interactive experience where the windows also like turn from a day into like a bloody hellish nightmare. And the guy and there's like a pastor up front. He's giving this speech and Lilith pops up from above him and then smites him down. And it, yeah, it was just really it was really cool. So got me more hyped to even, I didn't finish Diablo yet. Yeah. I want to finish it. I'm enjoying playing it. Um, but yeah, that was sick. Um, trying to think of what else they had there. Uh, Star Wars Outlaw. That's the other Outlaws. one. Yeah. yeah, that was a big one. Did you have a Dude, chance to check I, out that? Because I want to see if they're actually bringing some props for that or like not props necessarily. I don't know. To me, it really feels like Ubisoft is making sure they make a big splash with this game. Did they bring anything for it? Yes. So they did a full panel with the writer, the head producer of it all, and one guy from Lucasfilms. And so they were talking about the actual tie-in to the movies, where this movie would exist. And I'm pretty sure it's in between Return of the Jedi 
and Empire Strikes Back. What's the and oh, Empire Strikes Back? Thank you. And yes, yeah, so it is this time where the the Empire is taking over the galaxy, and it's allowing all these syndicates can come to come up. And you're a scoundrel that's trying to survive in the universe. Wait, I think it's New Hope. And, I think it's in between. Isn't it between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back? No, no. Okay. I'm pretty sure it is Return of sorry, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, oh, okay. there's said there's like this year where the Empire is fully taking over, and you know you're kind of in between the syndicates rising and the Empire slowly like closing in on everything, mm. and yeah, and you're just trying to make your way. So they talked about the character design. Uh, we have this cute new companion, Nyx which is awesome. They went heavy into detail about that. They went into the character of Kay. Um, she's so badass. And they showed some behind the scenes of her doing the mocap and everything. Super cool. Uh, and then this story, like they have this really deep, rich story in it. Uh, man, it looks badass. That's yeah. all I can say, man. It looks so good. Uh, 100% I'm getting it. Uh, oh, dude, yeah, day one for me. There's so many, like basically at this point, Star Wars games, after Jedi Survivor, I'm just like, yeah, I'll buy whatever you guys make. Honestly, I'm in, I'm on board. They're so freaking cool. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a lot announced at Comic Con. I want you guys to go to our website, gfpods.com or geekfreakspodcast.com. Either one works. Check them out. I specifically want you guys to check out Holy Roller. It's a new comic book by Andy, Andy Samberg, yes, from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and uh, Joe Troman from Fallout Boys. I did not know they were friends. Apparently, they are. <laughs> <laughs> right. I yeah. That was my initial reaction too. I'm like, wait, what? How do these guys know each other? Yeah, but this comic book is pretty cool. It's it's about a vigilante bowler. That, I mean, it's really hard to explain. I, I would type it out all. Uh, that is trying to get neo Nazis out of his small hometown. Cool. I'm I'm already on my pull list. I'm definitely getting this for sure. Um, right, like what a wild premise, and he looks badass. Yeah, like when you just say, oh, like a murderous bowler, you're like, okay, that sounds dumb. But when you look at him, the suit looks cool. It like looks like a vigilante, but then he's holding two bloody bowling balls and there's all these bodies around. Dude, it looks crazy. I'm so on board with it. When you first see the suit, I'm like, oh, his helmet's a bowling ball. That looks stupid. But then like just a second longer, you're like, oh, no, I'm starting to fall in love with this character, actually. So, yeah, I think with with, Adam, with Andy Samberg attached, there's going to be a definitely a comedy feel to it, of course. But um, there's I think it's going to be good. I think this is going to be really, really good. After Berserker and, and like the success of that one, I'm, I'm like, I'm cool with actors wanting to make comics at this point. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. David Desmalchin also did a comic. Um, I, if you don't know, like David Desmalchin is like secretly in every movie. He was in like The Dark Knight. He's in Dune. He was in Ant-Man, The Lost Quantum Mania. I mean, he was in all the Ant-Man, but yeah. And then he came out and did, uh, he also had a, a comic book that released. He also had a movie that he produced, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And he also moderated for one of my favorite writers in Hollywood, Mark Bernardin. Uh, he did the uh, moderating for the Splinter Short with some of the actors because it was an indie movie. The actors could be there. And uh, Mark Bernardin, who wrote and directed it. And we got to watch the movie. And I was excited because I backed it on Kickstarter. And it was the first time I got to watch it. Yeah. It's so damn good. If you have the opportunity to see Splinter Short, see it. But like I was maybe 15 feet away from David Desmalchin. That's cool. And I was like, oh my God, dude, like he's right there. And he's every bit as cool in real life as he is. Like, he plays like a very serious and eerie and creepy character. He's great movies. at playing creepy. So good at playing creepy, but he's like kind of just, sit, I don't know. He is maybe like a fallout boy from 2006. Yeah. Like he's kind of emo and dark, but also like joyous and, Happy, he's he's a, he's the man. Was David he Smalls. also Polka Dot Man too? Yes. Oh my God. He's yes, he was Polka Dot Man. Damn. He's dude. He's a, yeah. Secretly in every big franchise that you could think of, and yeah, just getting the opportunity. I had to run to another panel, otherwise I would have stayed and tried to talk to him. But I did get to stop by and, and talk to Mark Bernardin, and it was cool. Like we, you know, we got to catch up from um, LA Comic Con, and man, he is just blown up. He he was on, I forget what the late late night talk show is. But he was on Seth Meyers. Okay, yeah. Seth yeah, he's, okay. yeah, he was on Seth Meyers recently talking about his comic book, Adora in the Distance. But then he does Fat Man Beyond, which is massive. And then he, you know, his goal was to create a movie or direct a movie before he was 50. And he was able to do that with the Splinter Short. So, yeah, go check out all those things, man. It was, oh, man, what a time. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, real quick before we go into our closing remarks here, just to sag after of it all. 
rules have been changing, not necessarily rules have been changing, rules have been clarified more and more over the last week. So uh, as they get clarified, we kind of know what we're doing a little bit more. And it all comes out of respect on our end. So push come to shove, even sometimes the rules will be like, oh yeah, you can or can't do this. Out of respect, we'll do one way or the other. Uh, they had their own panel, actually, SAG, after it was there at San Diego Comic Con, too. Um, I just want to say, on Discord, we have, I posted a, an article by Variety, which I swear to God, they were like, we need to write something for Geek Freaks so they know what's going on. And it's like, <laughs> everything for us, it breaks down the rules in exactly what we do. And uh, so that's why we're able to do movie reviews. So it's clarified that the journalist side of things, like where we're sharing news, like we were just sharing all this news from Struck Studios and stuff like that, that's all okay to do. It's not like they want you to stop doing that. They actually want you to continue to show the strength of the entertainment industry. So keep that in mind, guys. Um, that is basically everything. I'm still going to refrain from reviewing movies here on Geek Fix for a little bit. Challenge Accepted is going to have it all. So just go check out Challenge Accepted, uh, which I think the two hosts are very handsome and great guys. I got. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. At least one of them is. Freak. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, this. Con, I, I think it would have felt wildly different yeah. in some aspects with writers being able to talk about their work, with actors being able to talk about their work. And yeah, uh, again, you know, not political by any means, but, you know, we made friends with a lot of these actors. We yes. made friends with some writers, you know, occasionally directors. We get to talk to them. And I fully think after seeing what all the rules are and what they're fighting for, it's more than well deserved. And, you know, job security and all the above. But, man, it, it felt like there was a little bit of a loss without them. And I, I want to be able to talk to these people. And I, I'm sure they want to be able to talk to the fans, too, and tell them why they're so excited about the work that they did and how much time and effort, right? I mean, like, it's so cool. It, it gets you hyped. That's the reason they do junkets. That's the right. reason why, you know, that you do a red carpet for a movie. It's so you can talk to journalists about it on the way in and get little sound bites on why they're excited to share this. And yeah, it was a little bit of a gap there. We, I want, yeah, I just hope they get what they deserve and they can come back and start talking about and promoting the work that they've done. How did you like San Diego Comic-Con? This is your first time going. What was your impressions of the event? Um, I think they did an amazing job. They really did. I, 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 I <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> They've done an amazing job. It, it still had all the excitement. It still had all the energy. It still had all the fans there. But it felt like some pieces were missing. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that's because of the sag after. I like to think it is. There was a lot of last minute changes, you could tell, like from my point of view, because while you were there, I was sitting there just getting as much of the news as possible together. And you could tell like suddenly things were announced, but half announced. It was very odd in that way. Not like it's normally very well planned out. Exactly. Like they're, you know, they do a good job with the schedule and breaking it down. There's so many rooms and so many panels and so much ground to cover. And they do these amazing jobs with showing this. But then you'd have to like go check the pillar and the poster in the morning because you'd show up at a room and then they'd be like, oh no, that's canceled. Yeah. Or no, that changed place. And so there was a lot of things I missed because they got canceled or shifted around in the time. And it wasn't uh I don't know if it was announced as easily as I wish it was right. for that reason. Yeah. It felt uh, a little, I don't want to say disorganized, but there felt like there were some gaps. Yeah. Understandably in a lot of way, but it, I would, I would argue yes. Disorganized understandably is the key. Understandably, yeah. 100%. And it wasn't their fault, you know, and I think everybody that was working there did an amazing job. They got people moving through lines. They made things clear. They were, were nice and joyous about it. the staff for San Diego Comic-Con, incredible. Uh, all of that, the vibe with everybody and, and what they were able to do with that many people, so impressive. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I just hope that we can go back to business as usual next year because yeah, I wanna see the big Marvel chat. You know, I wanna see the big Marvel releases. I wanna see the big DC releases. And yeah, that would be great to bring for 2024. That's our next two big conventions that we're going to be focusing on and covering in full uh, depth like we did this one, LA Comic Con coming up and BlizzCon, which BlizzCon's my bread and butter, man. I love that one. LA Comic Con, <laughs> yeah. we'll see if I can make it down for that one. I would like to be able to help you out with the camera and stuff. <laughs> I know that you got a lot on your yeah. hands doing this. So that's, that's the next two big ones. 
Oh man. Yeah, I can't wait. Both of those are gonna be awesome. And uh, shoot, if they're anything like this, people are gonna have a blast. I mean, it is definitely like Coachella for nerds. Like yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. All right, guys, I want you to head into the descriptions right now. We've got links to a lot of the stuff we've been talking about. Links to our website that has 16 different articles about City uh, or Comic Con. And uh, of course, over on headlines, we've talked about everything as they are now. So check it all out, guys. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thomas, thank you for reporting from the floor, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And yeah, definitely check out Geek Freaks and check out Challenge Accepted every week yep. for your latest reviews because, yeah, some stuff is dropping. <laughs> this summer is hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye.